There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. For all you elk hunters out there, chasing turkeys is basically the same thing. I know the reaction you just gave me, but don't knock it till you try it and don't try it without OnX. The hunt app will not only help you find new areas on public ground, but I use it to find out landowner info to get permission on private ground that I see birds on as well. OnX Hunt has a special offer for you. Use code CAL to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com slash hunt and find more birds this spring. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. From Meat Eaters World News Headquarters in Bozeman, Montana, this is Cal's Week in Review with Ryan Cal Callahan. Now, here's Cal. Recently, a pair of trains outside of Glacier National Park hit and killed three grizzly bears. The sow and cubs, all Ursus Arctos Horribilis, one of the best Latin names out there, were walking the tracks, grazing on the green grass just east of Marias Pass, when a train struck and killed the 232-pound female. Later that day, at the same location, the two male yearlings were struck and killed by another train. Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks officials inspected the site and determined that there were no unnatural attractants like spilled grain, grease, or anything else. Just a case of being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Sad to hear about this incident, but trains killing bears on the tracks isn't a new occurrence. This week, more bears, the amazing correlation between fish stocking and swan poop, smugglers, and more. But first, I'm going to tell you about my week. I wrapped up a trip to Florida with a hot lap to Bend, Oregon, where I got to hang out with some great folks with backcountry hunters and anglers, then proceeded on to Montana for a couple of days fishing on the Big Hole River. Got to clear up one thing from my Florida trip. We did a lot of late night eating at this place called the Lazy Flamingo. For those of you who aren't uh, hip on the subject of flamingos, a group of flamingos is called a flamboyance. You can pick out the lazy flamingo in a flamboyance relatively easily. It's the one standing on two feet. Anyway, we ate at this establishment mostly for the fact that it's a great place, but also for the fact that it's one of the only places on Sanibel Island that serves food later than 8 p.m. Like all other places on Sanibel, you can't get a plastic straw at the lazy flamingo. You may recall that video of folks pulling a plastic straw from a sea turtle's nose. Well, after that video went around, folks started giving up on plastic drinking straws. To be clear, 
I think this is great. Roughly 500 million plastic drinking straws are used in the U.S. every day. Straws are the 11th most found piece of trash in our oceans. We need to seriously cut back on our ridiculous and kind of weirdly childish, if you think about it, use of straws that we suck out of for a couple of minutes and then throw away. But what I don't understand is every damned meal at the Lazy Flamingo is served with plastic utensils. Do we really need a video of someone slowly pulling a plastic fork out of the orifice of a threatened species to instigate cutting back on this single-use utensil nonsense as well? Think of last week's podcast. Whether you like the plastic or hate it, you're eating it. Roughly one credit card's worth of plastic a year, folks. Anyway, enough of that. Back to bears and trains. In my younger days, I did some guiding out of West Glacier, Montana. That town is located on the same railroad tracks the Grizz met their demise on, just a bit to the west of Marias Pass. One day, I was chatting with an old codger that had gotten his first train engineering job with what was then the Burlington Northern Railroad. His first day driving the train, he killed a grizzly. It had been raining heavily when the young engineer, operating under the supervision of a senior railway man, started through one of the train tunnels just outside of West Glacier. As they started to come out of the tunnel, a grizzly stood up in the middle of the tracks, and the engineer watched helplessly as they hit and killed the grizz. I remember being a little shocked when he told me how happy he was when he realized it was a bear. Even though grizz populations in and around the park were healthy, animals in national park settings tend to be discussed with a higher level of esteem than those across the street in a plain old national forest for whatever reason. When I asked this old engineer why he was so happy that it was, quote, only a grizz, he told me that when the bear suddenly stood in front of the train, it looked like an old hobo in an overcoat soaked with rain. He sincerely thought on his first day of being a train engineer, he had just killed a man taking refuge in the train tunnel. He was so convinced and shaken, he had to wait for the more experienced railroader to tell him what had just happened before he could calm down. Heck of a first day on the job. Some years later, another bear story on the same tracks made headlines. A train hauling corn derailed spilling 469,000 bushels, or 12,000 metric tons of corn, if you're more comfortable with that approximation. The corn wasn't salvageable, so it was just pushed off the tracks and covered. As spring thaw came around, conditions became right for fermentation of the corn, which made for quite the critter attractant. One observer claimed to have witnessed 20 grizzly bears feeding at the spill site at one time. Bears were really taking advantage of this fermented sour mash situation to the point of being very comfortable around passing trains. Some witnesses believe the bears to be visibly intoxicated as well. In fact, one first-hand account talks about a grizz noticeably drunk, sunning his belly in the middle of the tracks, refusing to move. Reminds me a bit of that Grateful Dead song, Casey Jones, only instead of the conductor high on cocaine, you've got grizzlies high on fermented corn. Whether the bears were drunk or just too comfortable with trains, we don't know. But this congregation resulted in the deaths of at least nine grizz by train between 1985 and 1990. Because of incidents like this, a joint effort between park officials, Montana Fish and Game, and the railroad resulted in the Great Northern Stewardship Area. Burlington Northern and Santa Fe have taken measures to reduce food growing on tracks and food like spilled grain from trains being deposited on tracks. They even have a truck fitted with a vacuum to pick up spilled grain and a crew to pick up carcasses of animals hit by trains that could attract more bears. Looking at the numbers, the efforts are paying off. Between 2010 and 2015, only four grizz were killed. 
When you think of the role the railroad has played in America, particularly the West, this story kind of gives a person a bit of full circle hope. Railroad crews were known to do a lot of pot hunting during construction. Bill Cody, being one famous contract hunter who supplied the railroad crews of the Kansas Pacific Line with bison. Bill Cody stacked up 4,282 bison in just 18 months, earning him the now famous nickname Buffalo Bill. Once the track was laid, the train brought civilization with it, which actually made things worse for wildlife, as market hunting supplied boomtown restaurants and tables, which often meant the decimation of wildlife. There are a few stories of wholesale wildlife destruction by a train in modern times. In recent memory, the big winter of 2011, combined with drifting snow and poor antelope decision-making, created a situation where a train met a herd of antelope on a snow-blown section of track, ultimately killing 270 of the snowbound. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. If you're confused about what part you need, like what wipers are going to be the best, what replacement headlights are going to be the best, go into O'Reilly and talk to the people that work there because they're great and they're super friendly and they'll get you squared away where you walk out knowing you got the right thing. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. Do you need your windshield wipers replaced? you need a brake light fixed? you need some quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. Now, a lot of you guys are familiar with the old hunting tradition of eating, you know, some organ, the heart or a chunk of liver off the first animal you kill. I had that when I was a little kid and it was a big deal. Organ meats were always prized by frontier people who knew the importance of getting a lot of different minerals and nutrients. And as often is the case, those guys were on to something because organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. And you can get the same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from heart and soil made exclusively from regeneratively raised grass-fed and finished cattle heart and soils unique freeze-drying process means all those important nutrients are trapped in ensuring you experience every one of the benefits of nature's superfood in a clean convenient taste-free capsule find out more at heartandsoil.co and make sure to use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. That's heartandsoil.co. Use the code MEATEATER. You ever get that feeling you're stuck inside staring at screens and a primal urge kicks in? You crave wide open spaces, fresh air, the chance to connect with the land? Well, maybe it's time to find your own piece of the wild. But searching for property can be a maze. That's where land.com comes in they got millions of listings across the country from mountain ranches to hidden fishing holes their search tools are like a seasoned guide helping you narrow down what you want land.com isn't just about buying and selling it's about finding a place to hunt fish explore or simply sit by a campfire and listen to the crickets so head over to land.com today to turn one day 
into today. Because trust me, there's nothing quite like the feeling of standing on your own piece of earth. Animals. Moving on. You remember the movie Eight Mile? The story of Marshall Mathers? The young Eminem cuts his teeth in underground rap battles in and around Detroit? Well, over in New York City, places like Brooklyn and Queens, apparently the same thing is happening. Only with birds. Don't worry, I'm not going to bore you with something as mundane as an old-fashioned cockfight. I'm talking about underground bird singing competitions. Apparently, folks will gather in secret to place bets on the number of songs birds can sing within a given time frame. Yes, we are talking what the Dutch call Vinkensport, or that we, meaning them who do it, call speed singing or finch racing. I realize that this may not sound newsworthy. After all, betting on birds singing sounds a little tame, or polite even. But as always, when wild animals and money get involved, bad things happen. Just recently, for example, a man was apprehended at New York's JFK airport with 34 live Guyanese finches stuffed inside plastic hair rollers. Each bird supposedly valued at $3,000. This is ringing some bells. That's because JFK customs officials may refer to this as the old hair roller trick. Back in December of 2018, a man was caught with 70 live finches and hair rollers. Apparently, the money is just too good to stop trying, but not good enough to come up with a new smuggling trick. A top-notch finch with a good pedigree can go for $10,000. Sticking with birds and tall tales, we ran a story here at TheMeatEater.com on the theory that ducks transport fish from pond to pond. The ducks, as they swim, collect fish eggs on their legs. The eggs stick to the duck, and upon landing on a new body of water, the fish eggs are shaken loose to proliferate. This was an old-timer theory on the seemingly sudden appearance of strange fish in farm ponds, or new species being introduced to certain bodies of water. There are some problems with this theory, most of which are covered at TheMeatEater.com, and most of which involve the fish egg being on a duck. But what happens if that fish egg is in the duck? We still don't know, but we do know about a fish egg in a swan. That's right, dispersal via swan poop. Researchers, who were apparently vexed by this same how did fish get to this pond question, put together a study. They put 650 fish eggs mixed into corn feed and fed a group of Coscaraba swans. The swans produced 55 fecal samples in which five eggs were found to have made it through four geese. Of these five eggs, one ultimately hatched 49 days later. Now, this was a carefully executed study with fish eggs known for their resilience, but it worked. Swans, at least, are capable of delivering a live fish from one place to another. I ain't shitting you. Swimming over to the law enforcement desk, a Florida man, just kidding, it's a woman, and she was only visiting Florida, chose to ignore the signs, yellow tape, and sticks that closed an area of Miami Beach to people. From April to November, loggerhead, leatherback, and green sea turtles nest on Miami Beach. All of America's sea turtles are protected by the Endangered Species Act. This gal decided for some reason to, quote, stomp around the sea turtles' nests and even prod one with a stick. What do you get for something like that? She now faces a felony charge of molesting marine turtles or eggs. I'm not sure if that puts her on some sort of a national registry for turtle perversion or not. Bad joke. Here are a few facts to let you know why this is a serious deal. An estimated 1 in 1,000 hatchlings will survive to reproduce. 
leatherback turtles are significantly larger than other turtle species and are pelagic or open water turtles. Their size helps them maintain temperature. Hatchlings do not have sex chromosomes. Their gender is determined by the temperature of the nest, known as the pivotal temperature, which varies amongst the different species. Warmer temperatures produce females, colder temperatures produce males. Bet you didn't know that. I sure didn't. But if you want to get all anthropomorphic and slightly misogynistic, you could say something along the lines of, so that's why women always complain about being cold. Forget that one and remember this. Turtle hatchlings grow a small, temporary tooth on their beak that helps them break out of the shell. That tooth is called a caruncle. Next up on the law enforcement beat and staying salty, a South Carolina man has been arrested for leaving his marks on sharks. Doesn't sound newsworthy quite yet, does it? As you know, researchers will use a variety of skin or cartilage tags when tracking sharks. The tags will typically release or dissolve over time, doing no harm to the shark. This guy was using a branding iron frozen beyond freezing or red hot by a propane torch to leave a custom brand on sharks in his area. Some of these marked sharks were picked up by other anglers who reported their catch to South Carolina Department of Natural Resources. The angler with the brand was ultimately caught and charged with illegal tagging of game fish. The charge comes with a maximum punishment of 30 days in jail and a $200 fine. No word yet if the anglers picking up the branded sharks will be charged with wrestling. That's a joke that's custom for you folks with the intimate knowledge of livestock practices and who live in western mandatory branding states and uh, who are quick to the punch, so to speak. So you three people can thank me later. On to the last topic from the law enforcement desk. September of last year, just outside of Aspen, Colorado, a man attempted to burn down his neighbor's ranch after a hunter had legally killed a black bear for food on that property. The failed arsonist had apparently enjoyed watching the bear when it was on his own property prior to the incident, as well as the morning of. The enraged neighbor and soon-to-be failed arsonist, apparently in retaliation to legal bear hunting, berated the hunter's children and doused part of the ranch in gasoline. I bring this up now because a Pitkin County district judge just sentenced the man to two years probation, a $2,500 fine, 60 hours of community service, as well as a mandatory anger management evaluation. If anyone has seen what a wildfire can do to a ranch with its sometimes complete destruction of human life, livestock, property, this sentence seems a bit light. Typically, from what I've seen, a light sentence implies that the perpetrator owned up to their actions, took full responsibility, and vowed to stay within the confines of the law from here until eternity. The judge weighs the conviction with which you made your statement, takes that into consideration, and you could get a break on your sentence. Take it from me, a guy who may have gotten a parking ticket or two, or a speeding ticket, who then disappeared into the woods for a few months, only to return to civilization with a bench warrant for my arrest. Ownership and honesty certainly helped me in front of those judges. Well, listen to the enraged neighbor's attorney's statement. Speaking on behalf of his client, the man who just pled guilty to misdemeanor disorderly conduct and felony attempted arson, quote, was his conduct appropriate? Not entirely. And he has conceded that. Again, from my personal experience, if I had made a statement to those Montana judges along the lines of, judge, I've come around to considering the concession that perhaps my actions were somewhat wrong, my ass would still be in the clink. Anyway... 
Was his conduct appropriate? The answer is no, not morally, not legally. But this man's lack of ownership of his actions and the wimpy sentence carried out by the judge isn't what really bothers me here. This part-time Miami resident and attempted arsonist is messing with ownership of animals. Although a person cannot legally go from one piece of property to the next without permission, our wildlife can, and does, obviously. In the United States, wildlife is owned by the people and managed by the state. If that bear were to be on, let's say, a city or county-owned piece of ground, like a cemetery that morning, a state park midday, an individual's backyard and onto national park or national forest ground that evening, ownership of the animal doesn't change. We, the citizens of the U.S., own the wildlife. That state sets up the rules and regulations to properly manage that wildlife. If you are a private landowner, you can restrict the access of others to that wildlife while it's on your property, but it's not yours. Now, if you're into owning the wildlife on your land, you're in luck. That model exists as well. You can jump across the pond and explore the European model of game management, where the game belongs to the estate. Access to that game typically comes with wealth and privilege. Here in the good old U.S., you can only take legal ownership of an animal through the strictures established by your state, through legal hunting, fishing, trapping, with the proper permits, tags, stamps, etc., purchased at a price set by the state, with that money paid for all the stuff going to said state in order to support wildlife. It's a nice little system, works well, don't try to subvert it. To repeat some stats here from the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, the American black bear is the most abundant bear species on the planet. In Colorado, there are an estimated 17 to 20,000 black bears, and in the period between 2009 and 2014, an average of 275 bears were killed either by wildlife officials or by landowners who had been issued depredation tags for the specific purpose of killing a specific problem bear. Point being that having a lot of bears means that some bears are inevitably going to die, with far more getting killed by other bears than people. Enjoy them at a population level. Don't obsess over the individual. Appreciate their freedom to roam. Appreciate their ownerless status. But don't go trying to roast out other humans with gasoline or berate their children over legal activity that ultimately supports the animals at a population-wide level. Do I really have to explain this? Thanks for listening to Cal's Week in Review. That's all I've got for you this week. As per usual, spread the word, man, if you like this stuff. Subscribe, download, listen anywhere podcasts are streamed or downloadable. Leave me a review. If you have any questions or concerns, write in to askcal, that's A-S-K-C-A-L, at themeateater.com. Tell me what I'm doing right. Tell me what I'm doing wrong. Go to iTunes, hit that furthest right-hand star, and subscribe. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase.
You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins.